Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a subject that we really need to spend time discussing, and that is equipping parents to minister at home. We know that our jobs, really a lot of our energy goes into teaching kids at church, but there's so much more to our role in partnering with families. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. My guest is William Summy, Dr. William Summy. We call yes. you William. Great uh, to be here today. He, he's the publishing team leader for the Bible Studies for Life Kids Resource and Overseas Bible Studies for Life Preschool. We're so glad to have you today to talk about this topic. Yes, great to be here. Love to talk about parents. And so you are a parent. I am. Tell I have, us a bit about your family. Yes, I have two boys, 21 and 15 now. And they're growing up. They're growing up quick. And son in college, of course. Uh, youngest sophomore in high school. Yeah. And so you've been through this thing as a parent. Yes. And, and you know, in the church and uh, seeing how uh, how the church has influenced your kids, but also what you guys are doing at home and the impact that that makes. That's right. It's so important and love to just encourage parents along the way. So uh, we're, as we record this, it's early November. I'm not sure when it's going to air, but it's early November as we record this. And, you know, we're getting close to the holiday season. The weather has turned outside. It went from, I think, 90 degrees on, right. on Saturday to uh, 10 degrees on Monday. Yes. It got really cold and freezing weather and ice and everything. And all of a sudden, it makes people, I see people on their social media feeds, like putting up Christmas trees right. and things. So are you at your house, are you early decorators or do you hold out for when you're like? This year, we're planning to actually decorate before we go out of town for Thanksgiving. Okay, so you're going away. Yes, but that is the earliest we've ever done that. Thanksgiving tends to be like a like a uh, a transitional time. Right? Day after Thanksgiving, it's pretty common for yes, people to decorate. that's right. But all this pre-Thanksgiving decoration seems to be a new trend. That's right, and we're seeing it earlier and earlier. I see people with trees up already. And we just can't get there. So you're going to do it, though. You're going out of town. Going out of town. But the weekend ahead of Thanksgiving, this is the first time we're ever going to decorate that early. So are you uh, are you real tree people or are you artificial tree people? We would probably prefer the real trees. Yeah. But when we decorate this early, it always dies. Uh, sure. And we had folks over and I bought a second tree You've to got host needles our family. all over the floor. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Because we couldn't live with it dying. So we have now become artificial tree folks. So last two years, at least. So now we, we're in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't grow up in the South, but I've noticed, and I don't know that this is true. So we've lived in California and Florida. I grew up in New Jersey. My wife's from Chicago. I know you're South Carolina. Yes. And so in, in Tennessee, at least, there seems to be this trend of people having multiple Christmas trees. I think have so. Have you noticed this? Yes. Like we, our neighbors have like four or five Christmas trees. Yes. Now you can't always tell from the outside if it's a small tree or a tall tree. There's one in the front window. Yes. There's one upstairs. A skinny tree. There's one in the bonus a big room. Big tree. A white tree. It's all. Yeah. All. So are you a multi-tree family or just a single tree? We actually do have two artificial ah! trees. So you caught me. It's you part of the co- no, okay. Well, I have to confess, <laughs> we do too. Okay. We've, we've somehow picked up on this trend. Yes. Well, I don't know that that's. 
the case I, everywhere else. I don't either. And w- this has only been the last couple of years for us as well. All right. Well, we won't judge. Yes. Thank right? you. We're, we're in the thank same you. boat. So, okay. Well, let's talk about parents. So as we, um, you know, we, we're all familiar with kids leaders mm-hmm. with the Deuteronomy 6 passage with the Shema, you know, hero Israel, yes. the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. And then we, we take from this, this, this parental role mm-hmm. where it says, right, these words should be on your hearts and minds and, and love the Lord, your God, and, and, and talk about them with your children. Yes. When you lie down and when you rise up, as you go, walk along the road. Uh, and so the, there's this emphasis that's put on parents to teach the, the ways of the Lord to their own children. And so as leaders in the church, we have historically uh, felt it's our responsibility to teach in the church. And mm-hmm. there certainly is a role there that we play. But I think over the course of history, there may have been a little bit of the, you know, the, the weightedness of responsibility being, uh, you know, we live in a culture where outsourcing is a thing. Yes. If you want your kid to learn piano, you hire a, a piano teacher. If you want them to learn basketball, you hire a basketball trainer mm-hmm. or math, you get a math tutor. And so parents think if I want my child to learn about the Lord, I take them to church. Yes. And sometimes drop them off and leave them while I go get coffee and come back later. <laughs> right. But that's really not the way it should be. Is that right? That's right. So what, what, is, what would you say is the biblical role of, of parents or the responsibility of parents in discipleship of their own children? I love that Deuteronomy 6 passage because it does present to us the challenge yeah. that you're supposed to be the one who does this. You know, not enroll them in the best Christian school you can find or, right. or something else. But I think it also takes the pressure off of today's parents who are high achievers because the plan yeah. is really to talk with your kids when you're going out and when you're coming in. Yes. When you do this and do that. And so it's more of a relationship building approach that you do as you live real life. Yeah. It's not this checklist approach or if I want my kid to get in the best, you know, Christian school, college, that I have to do this and that. Drill and, them and grill them. Yes, yeah. yes, that we get this everyday approach. And I think if you realize how kids work, that's how they respond. We may focus on our mistakes, but if they know we love us, if they see us living Christ in a relationship with him and how we interact with others over time, that's going to encourage them and influence them to see how Christianity is really lived and believed and carried out. And I think a lot of parents, when they when they hear, and I think we know, right, as parents, we know that we're responsible for the spiritual development of our kids. And I do think that that's, you know, statistically, we know that uh, the majority of young people in the church will leave the church at some point in time, mm-hmm. but will come back when they have kids. And part of that, I think, is because they understand and we, we know that we need to connect our kids to the Lord. But I think a lot of, a lot of parents don't feel equipped to do that. And it's possible that we just need to see it the right way. Because yes. if, if what we're thinking of is I need to be able to teach a seminary-level course on doctrine mm-hmm. to my children uh, or even lead a Bible study at home can be intimidating. Uh, but you're pointing yes. out, really, it's, it's uh, including the things of the Lord in our everyday comings and goings of conversation. That's right. And some of the best times we've had with our kids were really based on questions that they asked Mm. that were not part of a planned Bible study time. Those teachable moments. Teachable moments. I even remember one Sunday on the way to church, it was Easter Sunday. And my son said, now tell me again, why did Jesus have to die? Mm. 
And I thought, oh, we have two minutes to get to church. <laughs> you know, maybe we should take time out and talk about this later. Yeah. But I answered his question. That's He just was looking for, okay, I, I remember hearing this, but I don't remember exactly why. And so we don't let any question be bad or, or something that we can't talk about. And yeah. I think that's great for later as your kids get older. You just build that opportunity for conversations and an ongoing relationship that nothing's off limits, whether it's spiritual or something they heard another kid say that they have yeah. questions about. And so we need to be welcoming of questions, right? Yes. And encourage our parents to let your kids ask those questions. Kids ask questions. We're scared, though, of kids asking questions that we can't answer. That's right. So how can we help parents with that if they have that fear? You know, we might just tend to shut down the conversation and not even let them ask because we don't want to look like we don't know the answer. Uh, So for those parents who may be unchurched or who may have never been able Mm -hmm. to ask these questions themselves, how might we equip them well to help them answer those, those questions from their children? I do think that it's okay to say to your kids, you know, let's look in the Bible and see if we can find an answer together because they know that you're going to the Bible as a source for your answers. And it's an opportunity for them to see that you really don't know all the answers, which, you know, is the reality. And that could be a good thing, too, to show our humility, right? That that mom and dad don't know either, but we can, there's a lesson just in showing them how to find the answer. That's right. Yeah, great. To know where to go for the answers. Mm. And I do think sometimes that you'll know the answer But you might ask a clarification question to just find out exactly what your child is is asking about, Mm. because he may not understand something um, that he asks. Is this a sin? Exactly what he's talking about. Is this something he's done or he just heard someone mention? Yeah, that's just one example. Clarifying sometimes gets to the heart a little closer. But I think you should be able to. Uh, talk to your kids uh, and show them how you go to the Bible for answers anytime. So let's come back to that that kids ministry leader uh, for a moment. So as we think about our our role uh, <laughs> as ministry leaders in the church, I think generally most of us we we all understand the importance of parents and we want to partner with them. But <laughs> most of our time probably really goes to programming and teaching children. Yes, and leading our leaders and between recruiting volunteers and training them and creating experiences for kids, uh, we are, a lot of our time goes there. And so there's this other part of the role, which may feel like an important thing, but maybe not part of the job, mm-hmm. that, which is preparing and equipping and partnering with parents. What's your perspective on that? How, how is this um, partnering with parents really a part of, should be a part of our job? Should yes. it be? Yes, I, I really like to think of that being a, at least a quarter of your job. Okay. It's that you uh, partner with parents and equip them. You know that there are going to be some life stages that are hard. They're starting school or they are asking questions about becoming a Christian yeah. or they're transitioning to middle school that you're going to want to help them and equip them and prepare them. And some of those topics um, like becoming a Christian, you know, you can provide resources, you can provide classes, an ongoing email that has information that just shares and encourages them and just maintain an open door policy that anytime they have questions that they come to you. Mm. And sometimes just having that 
uh, policy of, you know, we have security, we have these rules, we're watching for bullying, we have multiple teachers in there. They're going to know that your kids are, are safe in their ministry and that you care about them as parents and your relationship building with them and teaching at home. So we, in addition to, like, we all are, are concerned with knowing the children's names mm-hmm. and getting to know kids on a personal level. And kids, we know discipleship happens in relationship. We need to be developing relationships with parents as well yes. beyond just the waving at them as they drop their kids off and pick them up again. That's right. How do you recommend we begin those types of relationships? You know, I like to talk about that as as attunement is sort of the word. My wife's a music teacher, mm-hmm. gets the piano tune. But I think of how we even attune with people every day. Yeah. Maybe with that baby who's crying, we're holding, bouncing, singing, patting. Um, we attune with adults the same way. Mm. We listen to their needs and really look them in the eyes and value what they tell us. And we know if they're coming to us with an issue or a problem or just communicating information, they're busy. They have a lot on their, their plates. And that communicates they have a real need there. So I think being available to them in those moments is just so valuable. And communicating on an ongoing basis about how their child is doing. um, Teachers can do that on a Sunday-by-Sunday basis. I know we tend to hear that for babies and younger ones. This is what we did today. But parents um, love to get that feedback. And I think... A plan that the um, kids minister shows, this is what your kid is learning, and, um, you know, I want to find out how I can better help you at home continue this learning from what we do on Sunday morning during the week is a great way to just leave it wide open for feedback from the the parent. So that that connection with parents... uh, being just being mindful of that, raising awareness to that, so we can't be tuned in and attuned to the to the uh, that relationship with them. It can be easy for us at the pickup and drop off times to be distracted by oh, yes. setting something up or putting something away or sweeping up a mess. Um, we we probably would do well to prioritize being at the door yes. to have a, a momentary at least inter- interface with the parent. Uh, at every opportunity. And that's a great point. It might just mean getting there 10 minutes earlier or being a little more prepared the night before mm-hmm. or even having one teacher that focuses on that or the the children's minister is the one in the hallways greeting. And you can learn a lot just from how, how they, uh, you know, appear from week to week yes. in sound whether they're stressed or have things going on. And patterns of attendance, because, you know, some kids are, are in families where they may be with one parent one week and another another. And so you can kind of get used to the cadence of attendance and things like that. Yes. Uh, and then to, to invite, as you say, to, to make, uh, make, it, make them aware that you're available That's if right. needed. And a lot of churches as well will have a standard. If they miss a couple of weeks in a row, let's send out a note. Let's yeah. send home a take-home page or... Uh, just an email to say we missed you. How can uh, we? We hope to see you again soon, um, and just follow up with them to let them know that they're missed. So some leaders uh, make a regular practice of having scheduled like parent training times. That's right. Uh, quarterly or however often. What are your feelings on those sorts of events? Uh, and as we deal with children, you know, so as the leader of the 
uh, Bible Studies for Life Kids, mm-hmm. the levels of biblical learning is, yes. uh, is a document, a framework for ministry that I know you are deeply invested in yes. and passionate about. And, and it says that kids learn differently at different ages. That's they right. comprehend spiritual concepts and biblical concepts differently at different ages. And so I would think by the same measure, parents need to be educated about the ages that their children are in That's and right. how to connect well with them. And unless we tell them, how will they know? That's so right. what, what's your thought on parent training? I think that's a great idea. And that parent training is just a way you can present, not just this is what you should be doing, but as you said, this is where children uh, your age and stage are and what they should be learning. And our Levels of Biblical Learning document actually gives you the language of what that kid is learning at that age and stage so that you can use that at home. And uh, at some of those events, um, you can do different topics, as I mentioned before, related how to talk to your children about salvation and just equip parents with the language and that level of comfort that it can just be an ongoing conversation. So do you recommend if we're going to do a a parent training (laughs) and we have, say, we're responsible from birth through sixth grade? Uh, do you group all those parents together into one big group or do you break them into smaller affinity groups? That's a great question. I think parents want to be around kids of sim- uh, parents of kids of similar ages and stages to know what they're going through. So it's always great to break them up. They get support that way. They get encouragement. They sort of see what others are doing. But there's some measure of also seeing those who are have gone through it and um, that can be more of a mentoring relationship that you work with as well so some some of both is great but certainly you want parents to have a support group and develop friends of other parents at your church so that community building is is such an importance as well sure part of that is you may not have to be the one who answers every question from every parent if you can build a network of parents who are farther along, that's right. who can be a part of your team, maybe not even to teach kids, but just to be available to consult and counsel with parents. Yes, that is so valuable. And that way you get the experience of so mm-hmm. many different kids, so many different parents who've dealt with different situations as well. My boys have always been vastly different mm-hmm. from one to the next and everything from food they like, their personalities. And so, Interests and yes, activities. Yep. Just because we parented one, you know, it didn't mean that the second uh, boy could have that same level yeah. of attention yeah. and all of those things. So. And each child is unique and an individual and made yes. special. And so just because we've done this once doesn't mean that we have the same That's problems right. that we or that we won't have different problems with our following children. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's a wonderful opportunity when you're meeting with other parents like that, too, to naturally connect with those who are going through similar stages of life. So it's always a great benefit. What would you say to that kid's leader who is not a parent? So we, um, you know, we have uh, in kids ministry, there are many people who are who are single, uh, male or female leaders who may be younger or maybe older than the parents that they're uh, whose kids they're ministering to. And it may be that someone who is a parent mm-hmm. might feel more comfortable advising parents on how to parent. Yes. And those, of us, those who are single may not. What's your advice to those people about encouraging and partnering with parents? I do think that you can strengthen your planning and strengthen your voice if you have a planning team that involves parents and that you're always consulting um, other parents for advice on what they need 
for training events, as we talked about, and ways to connect. That way you're never assuming what parents need, but you're always giving input. And that's just a good um, truth to live by no matter what team you're leading. Just the more people that you have that, that are trusted who can speak in to your ministry um, will help you along the way. And you'll bond with them and find that you're stronger because you've gotten input from other parents yeah. or from parents uh, as you lead parents along the way. So you mentioned earlier, uh, so I, as I think about this and try to put myself in the place of the listener, uh, I think, boy, my schedule is already full. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I have a full-time job just g- taking care of Sunday morning, children's church, Sunday night, Wednesday night, camp, summer camp, VBS. Yes. Now I have this other pressure to add training of parents uh, on mm-hmm. top of that. And, and it is something that does take intentionality and it takes time. You mentioned earlier, did you say 25%? Yes, 25%. You think about 25% of our time should be dedicated in one way or another to equipping parents. Yes. How do you recommend that we accomplish that? When our to-do list is already full, (laughs) how do you plan for this and how do you work it into your uh, regular patterns of how you use your time? Sometimes I think that it's just taking one step further what you're already doing. You may be sending home a take-home page or a devotional or uh, a card that reviews what the child is learning on Sunday morning. And just if you're taking the time to say, hey, keep this in your car. Mm-hmm. And next time you're in carpool, next time that you're um, at mealtime, keep it at your table. And just ask one question from the card. You know, tell me, do you remember your memory verse? Or who did you study? Yeah. Or uh, what about this question about, you know, if this happened to you at school, what would you do? Just one way of engaging your child that takes them into the Bible or takes them into how to live it out, how to apply the Bible to your lives. We'll, we'll just build an ongoing conversation, I think, with them. And so anything that you can do like that to engage parents, as we said, in, in the hallway, um, to send out a weekly email, to plan studies and programs, all of that is going to meet the needs of the parents in your ministry and build towards that 25%. And so I think if you just think of what you're already doing and adding something to that, you know, maybe on Sunday morning and during the Sunday school hour, you have a parent special parent class and just mm. do that once a quarter. Um, they That's don't have to come back enough. for an extra time, but they can meet and you can build a community that way and encourage them and find out more. So think outside the box plan during the time you already have parents and with the resources you're already using, just ways that you can encourage parents to use those in simple ways. So you listed several things. You said a take-home sheet, an email. Uh, You had a couple different things that you mentioned in there. Recap some of those for us uh, just a little bit slower. So what are some of those practical things that may not be a far stretch from what we're already doing? What are some practical things that we can do this week? Uh, to to help us make this connection more strongly. Yes. We uh, give out at our church a, a take-home sheet every Sunday. In Bible Studies for Life, the, the team I manage, we have the sheet, has the Bible story, it has a verse on it, has a level of biblical learning, which is a theological concept, biblical concept that is appropriate for your child's age, a specific way to meet it out, and a verse for each day that you can read together. And that's a great resource, not just for the child to use in class, 
or leave on the floor of the van, but to make sure mom and dad are aware of and what all the components of it are. That's right. And even if you had that one sheet in your car and said, today we're going to talk about the memory verse. Tomorrow we're going to talk about the Bible story. Three, we're going to talk about the level of biblical learning. Four, how to live it out. Five, to read that daily verse. Those are five days of the week. There's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all on that one piece of paper. All on that one piece of paper. Hmm. And so we also offer take-home cards that has that week's story and a teaching picture on it and a level of biblical learning. They're collector card sizes, and it's easy to stow away for the child to collect as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have an app where you can go to Lifeway Kits, and in that app, you have all our different Bible study curriculums. You have the Bible Levels of Biblical Learning app all available to you to just download, and you can review what you've done that week and look ahead if you want. And same thing for the Levels of Biblical Learning to see in the app where it says your child should be and what they know about God and Jesus and then where they're going, where they're going to look and learn down the road. Great tips. Great tips. Well, William, you mentioned earlier the levels of biblical learning. Yes. And that is a framework upon which Bible Studies for Life Kids in particular is written directly to correlate to the levels of biblical learning. You mentioned it's on the page. Tell us just really quickly, what is the levels of biblical learning in your your words? Yes. And listeners, you can find this at lifeway.com slash L-O-B-L, which That's is short correct. for levels of biblical learning. So William, what is the levels of biblical learning and how can I use that even if I'm not using Bible studies for life? Yes. It's a great document that goes from birth to high school and tells at eight different age ranges what your child should be learning about these 10 key biblical concepts. And so that's God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Bible, salvation, creation, family, community, and world, and learn in childlike language from that age what concept they should be learning. And so it goes from Jesus loves me to God planned to send Jesus before the foundation of the world Mm. to make this great rescue plan to reconcile humanity to himself. And so you're learning how that fits together and builds component by component, year by year as they study. And it's a great plan. Uh, We might say it's it's like a mini systematic theology about what kids will learn from birth to high school. And it's not a curriculum. No. It's really not something that we sell. It's it's free. So lifeway.com slash L-O-B-L. You can find uh, printable PDFs for each age level. That's right. With the different uh, biblical concepts for each age level. That's great to print and give out to parents, to put on the walls in your classroom so that your teachers are aware. And we do have posters and booklets that are available for purchase That's if right. you want to give out booklets and things. And it can be a great resource as you... Uh, as you train parents, a great tool to point them to to answer some of those questions. And I think you could even have a meeting where you just stand it out and say, look at your child and compare him to these statements in your age and have all the parents of kids with one age together and talk through that. And it's a great tool for a lot of ways. And even talk with your child um, about what he knows about God and just see where it falls on there. 
Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Thank you, William. We appreciate your time and I appreciate your work. Thank you for all you do to serve the church and to serve and equip parents. Thank you, Chuck. Thanks for this opportunity. Listeners, thank you for listening as always. I want to direct you again back to our homepage, kidsministry101.com, where you will find other episodes in the archive of the podcast. You'll find the Kids Ministry 101 blog where you can find articles by Dr. William Summy and others in the Lifeway Kids team. So look for William on the, the Lifeway Kids Kids Ministry 101 blog. And you will find a tab on that page that says training. And if you click on that training tab, you will find a link to some levels of biblical learning training videos that I would love to invite you to download. If you fill out a little form and tell us who you are, you can download those videos. Or you may not even need to do that any longer. Uh, go to kidsministry101.com, click training, and click on the levels of biblical learning button. And there's a video series there that you can watch uh, along with some printables so that you can actually do a training for kids or parents, or parents with videos yes. that we have produced. And you can see William in those videos along that's with right. some of our trainers. Uh, so that's all for you there at kidsministry101.com. Thank you again for listening. And we'll see you back here next time for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.